0: Listening to SBS on the money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi, everyone. It's
1: a daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Monday, the 23rd of May 2022. Uh, Later, what a Labor government means for share markets. But first, the implication of the federal election outcome on your tax and on property. And let's start with tax because it seems like a a Labor government won't necessarily impact taxes at this stage. The so-called Stage 3 tax cuts have already been legislated under the previous government, which will see everyone earning between $45,000 and $200,000, pay 30% in tax from 2024. The low and middle income tax offset was also locked in, which effectively means a tax increase next year when it ends. And negative gearing remains. Labor scrapped plans to ditch it after its 2019 election loss. Where there will be changes is for first home buyers. And for more on that, I spoke earlier with Michael Crocker. He is the tax lead at the Chartered Accountants.
0: Yes, it's called the uh the help to buy scheme. It was announced by the uh Labour Party in the lead up to the election and it's designed to help those Australians who can afford at least a minimum deposit of 2%. So once you've got your 2% saved up, uh you apply to the uh to the Labour government uh, uh and uh it's an equity contribution. So um if you're purchasing a new home, the Labor federal government would uh, take up an equity stake of up to 40%. If you're purchasing an existing home, uh, the federal government would take up a, an equity uh, contribution of uh, uh, up to a maximum of 30%. Now, there's only 10,000 places available under this Help to Buy scheme, and we haven't got the fine detail yet. But uh, the other uh, restriction is uh, d- depends on where you buy. Uh, if you're buying in a, in the hot Sydney market, uh, you're up to a, a maximum price cap of nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars for the forty percent equity. That's the new home. Um, uh, and in Queensland, uh, the, the the maximum price cap is five hundred thousand, for example. So you'll have to look at your own state rules to determine what the maximum price cap is for the house that you're going after. And the other thing is you have to be at least 18 years of age. And if you're an individual buyer, um, the maximum that you can uh, earn in terms of uh, what I assume is going to be your taxable income is 90000 uh, And if you're a couple uh, looking for your first home, um, your maximum combined income uh, must be 120 thousand dollars or less and it has to be a property that you live in it's not something that you use to uh, enter the uh, the rental property market it has to become your principal place of residence and it has to be in Australia um, and don't forget you even if you benefit from this scheme you still have to find the money for stamp duty and legal costs and uh, bank fees etc. Is it a step in the right direction in terms of housing affordability do you think? Yes, we support it. It's uh, actually a, a scheme which is already in use in some Australian states and it's uh, also uh, copied from, the. I think, the United Kingdom has a very similar program. So uh, it's it's different to what was the coalition's model. Uh, their policy would have seen you uh, uh, accessing your superannuation. And as you may recall, that was criticised quite a bit for um Perhaps uh, resulting in reduced retirement incomes. A lot of people said, "Well, that's not what superannuations for. Um, you shouldn't be, uh, you know, eroding your superannuation balances to buy a house." Whereas this program, it's the federal government that takes an equity stake in the property. That said, uh, there's also some downsides here. If the federal government's got some equity in your uh, in your home, uh, and you make a profit on that home when you sell it um the uh, government wants its uh, its uh, equity back and if you've made a capital gain it presumably wants a little slice of that capital gain as well so we haven't seen the fine details yet uh, labor has indicated that it will have a budget uh a statement uh, perhaps in october or earlier in 2022 so we expect the um the uh the public officials will be helping the the new Labor government designed this program, and uh, we expect to see a lot more information about it in the coming months.
1: Michael Crocker, there from Chartered Accountants. Now to the Australian share market, the ASX two hundred uh, rose, but only slightly by zero point zero four percent, seven thousand one hundred and forty nine. That's despite a solid start. For more, I spoke earlier with Luke Larative from Seneca Financial Solutions. Luke, the market opened stronger, but then turned negative. But this had more to do with news out of China today than the election, didn't it? What exactly happened?
2: Yeah, I think so, Ricardo. Uh, the ASX was up a bit over 70 basis points in early trade. And as the Asian markets opened at about 11am, we saw technology names in particular sell off uh, both in Hong Kong and Shanghai uh, with higher COVID numbers coming out of Beijing, spooking investors and, and those markets falling a bit over 1%. Um, you know, our markets sort of followed suit. And, and as a result, some of our technology names were down. Um, and some of the high beta growth stocks as well as, you know, fears of, you know, further lockdowns, extended lockdowns and slower growth out of that region leaks into Australia.
1: Okay, let's talk about the federal uh, election. Overall, what do investors think about a Labor federal government and how will it impact the markets? Uh,
2: You know, today it hasn't really impacted the markets too much. Um, And I think from a policy perspective, there hasn't been a lot of, uh, I suppose, effective policy or, you know, change announced at the moment. So, you know, mar- markets are treating the election, you know, fairly benign at the moment and, and not much really happening. I think maybe some of the minimum wa- minimum wage rises that have been proposed by Labor might impact some of those companies that do have large wage, bi- wage, bill- wage bills and, and a big workforce. Uh, so the mining contractors and the healthcare companies kind of, you know, spring to mind Wally Parsons, Ramsey Healthcare, Um, But I think more broadly, uh, not been a huge concern, uh, the outcome of the election.
1: The the government will still have to deal with some macro issues. So you've got the the war in Ukraine, but the big one is that inflation rate,
2: which will mean higher interest rates. So where do you see the opportunities for investors right now? I think, you know, inflation expectations have been accelerating, um, I suppose, into the election and, and for the large part of this year. And that's seen value names and some of the resources sector really outperform. Um, I think we're starting to see those expectations slow and growth slow a little bit now, um, which you know, should see some of those same trades that have done very well start to unwind and perhaps some of the growth names that we've seen sell off 20, 30, 40% in some instances start to do a little bit better um, and, and be a bit more valued by investors. I think if we are going to be in a low single digit GDP growth, rising rates kind of environment, if you're a business that can grow double digits, sustain your margins, grow your profits, um, and, and do so while winning market share in, you know, in whatever sector it is that you operate, you're gonna be a highly prized commodity for investors um, a, as you have been for the previous, you know, ten years, realistically, while rates have been on the decline. So I think we certainly, you know, trend for rates and trend for inflation is definitely still higher, but the rates of change might be slowing down a little bit and we might see uh, the bond markets start to start to rally and, and that could be good for some of these growth names that have been belted. Yes.
1: Luke Clarity there from Seneca Financial Solutions.